Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Thank you for hanging out with us today, and congrats on making your fantasy championships, too. I'm assuming if you're listening that you've advanced in your leagues. Either that or, I don't know, you're related to me and you're just playing this in the background at your house and just trying to give me an extra listener. And you know what? I appreciate those two. Thank you to my family who does do that. I know at least a couple of them have told me that they've done that, but the job isn't done yet for us here. We got one more week to go. So happy holidays to everybody out there. I hope you were able to enjoy the weekend and get to see the people that you care about because the NFL, they did not make that easy on us this year. We had the two Saturday games. We had the big slate on Christmas Eve and then a triple header on Christmas Day. But I was able to hit up all my family functions over the last couple of days and I did get home early enough last night to write up the week 17 waiver wire column. So that is up over at the score. You can check that out now. And we're recording this show one day later than usual because of Christmas, but still plenty of time to get your waiver bids in before they process on Tuesday night or Wednesday in some leagues. Before we get to the top waiver ads, though, let's get caught up on all these injuries from the weekend because I'm sure people weren't paying as close attention as they normally do. That's what I'm here for. So let's start with last night's game. Brock Purdy, he was the MVP favorite going into this one. Not anymore. Purdy tossed four interceptions in that loss to the Ravens, and he suffered a stinger that caused him to leave early. And last week, he also suffered one. He managed to come back in during that game. This time they held him out. And at that point it was late. The game was out of hand. So really wasn't any reason to force him to play through it, but slightly concerning the way he described it, saying that he got tackled and that caused it to flare up. Makes you worried that that could happen again. Kyle Shanahan, he suggested that they expect Purdy to be okay for week 17, but this is certainly one to watch. We're going to have to see if he misses any practice time. And of course, if he were out, Sam Darnold would be a streamer in fantasy and just an outstanding matchup against the commanders. The other starting quarterback who got hurt this week, Trevor Lawrence, he's dealing with a shoulder injury that had him kind of in and out of the lineup once or twice during that game on Sunday. Eventually he did get held out and they kept him out for the rest of that contest. And according to Ian Rappaport, it's not believed to be a major injury, but Lawrence's week 17 status is up in the air. So we might see CJ Beathard out there taking on the Panthers. Carolina, it's kind of a stingy defense. It's not the best matchup for him. And if it is Beathard, then it would hurt Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram. Their outlooks would drop a little bit. Could be a decent spot for Travis Etienne, though. I mean, that's the way to attack the Panthers. You want to do it on the ground. But we also have seen Trevor Lawrence have these situations this year where we think he's hurt and he's not going to play. And somehow he manages to get out there still. So I'm not ruling him out for week 17, but I think he probably does have an uphill battle to play in that game. Speaking of running backs, we were talking about Travis Etienne there. A couple injured ones that we got to talk about. Raheem Mostert, he looked like he hurt his knee in this game. And certainly not the first time that I've said that sentence, but he didn't play much in the second half. After the game, he called it a shin injury, not a knee injury. Mike McDaniel said that Mostert wanted to go back in the game, but the coaching staff, they could tell it was painful, so they held him out. For fantasy managers, we're just going to have to see how this week goes for him. And Normally, he sits out early in the week or he's limited a little bit in practice. Friday is the one that's telling to watch for him, right? If he is going to be out there and practicing on Friday, he should have a good shot to play. And even if he does go in this game, we might see a little more Devon Achan and Jeff Wilson just because Mostert isn't 100%. So Mostert's ceiling is going to come down a bit if he does suit up. And if he can't go, Achan, he'll be a fantasy RB2, Wilson an RB3. 
We also have to talk about Isaiah Pacheco. He's in concussion protocol. Andy Reid confirmed that after the game on Monday. And because it's a Monday game, that means this is a short week for Pacheco to try to get cleared. So it's not impossible. We've seen a bunch of guys get cleared when we think that they probably won't. But I would say that we're on the unlikely side to see him get through the protocol that fast. Plus, they just put Jarek McKinnon on IR last week, which means Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be a fantasy hero in championship week. He's definitely a top add on the waiver wire, and we'll talk more about him when we get to that section. A few injured receivers that I got to go over, though. So back to the Dolphins. Raheem Mostert, he is banged up. A-Chan coming back from injury. Their offensive line isn't 100%. Tyree Kill's playing hurt with that ankle issue. And now Jalen Waddle has a high ankle sprain to contend with. And that's at least what Mike McDaniel said that they believe it is. They're doing more tests right now. They're going to try to determine the severity. If it turns out to be a high ankle sprain, though, Waddle's unlikely to play in week 17. And the Dolphins, I mean, they could have a hard time against the Ravens this week, right? That was already going to be a tough matchup for them. But Tyree Kill... He's going to continue to gut it out and, you know, he would take on as many targets as he could handle if Waddle can't be out there. He's obviously a wide receiver one, a must start for you. And then Cedric Wilson, he would be a flex option. He's the guy that steps in there. He would take over for Waddle and get some of those snaps, but hopefully you don't have to dig that deep where you're starting Cedric Wilson in the fantasy championships. DJ Moore. So this one, it might not get discussed as much because he did return to that game, but he left with an ankle injury at one point. And when he came back, it seemed like it was limiting him. It didn't seem like he was himself. So hats off to him for powering through, but ankle injuries, how many times have I said this? They can swell up. They can get worse the next day or so. So we'll have to monitor more this week. I still feel like he will play in week 17, but might not be as effective if he were out then Cole Komet would get a bump in the tight end one ranks, and that's if Komet is healthy, and we're going to talk about him when we get to tight ends, and Darnell Mooney would be a wide receiver three flex option. Garrett Wilson, so he limped off with an ankle injury, and like Moore, he was able to return, only Wilson was pretty productive when he came back, so I'm less worried about him. Still an injury to watch, though, especially with the Jets playing on a short week, so he's not even going to have as much time to recover from that one. It's the Thursday game. They're taking on the Browns, so a scary matchup, too, for that passing attack for the Jets. So I'd be starting the Browns defense. I'd be doing it with confidence this week. I would keep your expectations in check for those Jets fantasy assets that you've been using, like Wilson, like Brees Hall. I know Brees Hall just had an absolutely massive game. It's not like you're going to bench him this week, but we're going to have to keep expectations in check because this is nowhere near that cupcake matchup that they had against the Commanders last week. Cortland Sutton, so he's in concussion protocol. He'll be doing everything he can to get cleared for Week 17. If he can't go, which many guys end up sitting out at least one game, then Jerry Judy, he would be very interesting here as a wide receiver three flex versus the Chargers. And Marvin Mims could be a sneaky upside flex. He went three for 63 in this game with Sutton missing time. So possible we could see some of these other pieces in that Broncos passing attack step up if Sutton's ruled out. Jordan Addison, he suffered an ankle injury. And according to Ian Rappaport, it's not believed to be major, but for fantasy purposes, all we care about is whether he's going to be able to play in week 17. And I have my doubts about that. So if he goes, he'll be a risky wide receiver three flex. And the amount of risk is just going to depend on how much he can practice this week. And we'll go over that when we get to that Friday show. I'll talk about all the injury updates then. But if he can't go, 
KJ Osborne becomes a flex option. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he had probably the dumbest injury week 16. He slipped running out of bounds, hit an unpadded wall, and I'm not blaming him for this at all. It just seems insane to me that they have these walls that are that close to the field and that there's areas that aren't fully protected. But regardless, JSN, he limped off the field. He suffered a knee injury. He was able to come back into that game and have a decent one too. So not expecting him to miss any time there, but always want to mention that stuff when it happens. Duntavian Wicks and the Packers. So didn't have as big of a game as I projected, but that's because he left early with the chest injury. Fortunately, he did score a touchdown before his day came to an end. And remember, he came into this one with an ankle issue too. So the injuries, now they're kind of mounting for him could cause him to miss week 17. If he does play, his value is going to depend on who else is healthy in that Packers receiving core. So we're going to be watching the practice reports pretty closely to see if Wicks or Christian Watson or Jaden Reed, who's going to be available for Green Bay this week. And then two tight ends we got to break down before we get to the waiver ads. The first is pretty concerning. TJ Hawkinson, he suffered a knee injury. Jeremy Fowler at ESPN, he said the outlook isn't good here. The team is hoping for positive news when they get the MRI done, but seems to be a lot of concern that this could be a long-term injury. And that means his fantasy season's probably over either way because we just have one week left here. So Josh Oliver could get the start in week 17 and he would just be a risky streamer. And then you pair this with the Jordan Addison injury, And that Vikings passing attack, it turns into Justin Jefferson and really not much else. So Osborne, a little interesting as a flex. Brandon Powell, that's digging pretty deep. It's just, it's not really good news for anyone. And then the last one here, Cole Komet, which I mentioned before, he suffered a knee injury. Matt Eberflus seemed optimistic after the game, said it looks positive. So what that means exactly, we don't know because positive could just mean that it's not going to put him out for the rest of the season. It at least though, to me, implies that there's a chance that he could play in week 17. And if he can't go, I wouldn't be chasing Robert Tunyon in that offense. I would just look elsewhere for a streamer tight end. But that brings us to the waiver wire section and it's fantasy championship. So you know the deal here. I'm not even going to go over everything at the top. We'll just be a little bit tighter than usual since there's only two teams left in your league, right? So you just want the cream of the crop this week and we will start with quarterbacks. And I can't believe that I'm saying this, but the top QB streamer, This week, it's going to be Derek Carr, 39% rostered. He's coming off a series of decent games. He's thrown eight touchdowns over the last three weeks. He's got back-to-back top seven fantasy finishes, and now he's getting the Buccaneers pass funnel defense. They're one of the 10 easiest opponents for fantasy passers. So Carr, never without risk, but for the guys that are under 50% rostered, he's set up the best this week. After him, you'd be looking at Gardner Minshew, who's facing the Raiders, and hopefully he would be getting Michael Pittman back. Or if Brock Purdy Stinger is something that the team is worried about and they end up sitting him out for a game, you could consider Sam Darnold as an option. But again, no guarantees that Darnold's even playing. So I'm guessing if you've made it this far, you have a quarterback already. But if not, those guys would be the top options to consider this week. And then all the rest of the QB streamers, if you're in deeper leagues, they can be found in my column over at the score. For running backs, we have one name that really stands out here. That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And we have to say that even this one isn't guaranteed that he's going to start because it's possible Isaiah Pacheco could get cleared from concussion protocol, but I'd be shocked if they clear him on a short week. And then with McKinnon already on IR, This is CH's spot to shine, and we've seen him deliver recently, right? In the two games that Pacheco missed already, CH totaled 24 carries, 76 rushing yards, 
and six catches for 93 yards and a score through the air. Plus, he gets the Bengals this week and they rank inside the top eight for rushing yards allowed and rushing touchdowns allowed this season. So if Pacheco misses, CH is going to be a strong fantasy RB2 with RB1 upside and he's available in 65% of leagues right now. Other than him, we have Kareem Hunt, Tyler Algier, they're right around that 50% rostered cutoff, and they're number two running backs in their offenses, but they tend to get a decent amount of volume each week. That makes them flex options for fantasy. A couple injury situations that we'll have to monitor to see if there's some value there. Zamir White is one of them. I'm sure you're well aware of him. I mean, he followed up that 85-yard one-touchdown game in Week 15 with 145 yards against the Chiefs this week, and if Josh Jacobs can't go again due to that injury... White will be in the fantasy RB2 mix once again. And then the Commanders, their matchup this week is going to be brutal. They got to go against the 49ers. That is going to be tough for their offense. But they had a very tough matchup this week against the Jets. And Chris Rodriguez, he had a nice game, 65 scrimmage yards and two scores on 11 touches. So if Brian Robinson can't come back, Rodriguez would be an RB3 flex option with some upside if he can find the end zone again. We also have the Bears backfield, and this one is just a nightmare to project, and I will admit it, it is one spot where I have not done a great job predicting things this season. Deonta Foreman, he was out for personal reasons in Week 16, so we got reports that Roshan Johnson was going to handle most of the work, and then it turns out that Khalil Herbert ends up leading the way. So this is a true hot hand scenario. They've said that. We have to believe them now, and depending what's going on with Foreman, We could see all three backs in the mix again in week 17. So we'll revisit this later in the week when we know exactly who's going to be playing. But you could use all these guys as risky flex options. But ideally, you'd want to stay away unless Foreman sits out again. If Foreman's out, then I would consider Herbert an RB3 flex and Johnson as sort of a risky flex there as well. But if all three of them are playing, man, I don't want to have to start them this week. Tajay Spears, he is also in the flex conversation, double-digit fantasy points in three of his last four games. Sadly, the fourth game came against the Texans, and that's who he's playing this week, but he's talented enough. He's getting enough work. You got to have him on the flex radar. Kenneth Gainwell, he could see increased touches if the Eagles just roll over the Cardinals this week, which I believe that they will in week 17. Arizona, they're also allowing the most fantasy points to running backs on the year. So could be a sneaky spot to play Gainwell if you're down bad and if you need somebody. And then keep an eye on Raheem Mostert's injury. Jeff Wilson, he's only rostered 9% of leagues. His value would go way up, of course. It would be into that RB3 flex range if Mostert wasn't playing, but it's also a matchup with the Ravens, and that's not great, you know, especially when you consider the Dolphins' offensive line and how banged up they are. But Wilson's somebody that you could at least stash until we know what's going to happen with Mostert this week. Over to receivers. So there's a few guys that are around the 50% rostered mark, but Romeo Dobbs, and he might be the only healthy receiver in Green Bay of the guys that are the usual suspects in their offense. I mean, Dontavian Wicks, there's a chance that he could join Watson and Reed on the sidelines. It's possible we could see any one of those three back out there this week, or even all three of them back out there this week. But if they can't go, Dobbs would be the new number one guy. Jerry Judy, he might be the Broncos' number one wideout this week if Cortland Sutton can't clear concussion protocol. Noah Brown on the Texans, his value could rise a whole bunch if C.J. Stroud is able to play this week. It's also an easier matchup than they faced last week. Josh Downs, not as exciting, but we're not totally sure that Michael Pittman's going to be available because he's dealing with a concussion, and those could be tricky. You could miss a couple games, right? So Josh Downs, somebody that we could have much higher in the rankings if Pittman's out, 
But if Pittman comes back, then Down's not somebody that you really want to play. And then Tyler Boyd, a solid game with Jamar Chase out of the lineup this week. If Chase can't play in week 17, Boyd would have some flex value there. After them, it's kind of like pick your poison. Do you want to go with the safer options? Do you want to go with the guys with just the maximum upside, the more boomer bust plays? Demario Douglas, he might be the safest, you know, and he had a quiet game in week 15 when he came back from injury, just three for 33 in that one. But this week, got right back to it. Five catches, 74 yards. And if you look at what he's done, at least 49 yards in five of his last seven outings, he leads the Patriots in most receiving categories, despite the fact that he's missed three games due to injury. And he hasn't found the end zone and the Bills aren't the best matchup, but Douglas is a volume guy and he's a wide receiver three flex because of it in fantasy. Uh, Josh Palmer. So he's going to be the top receiver for the Chargers once again, assuming that Keenan Allen remains out, which I suspect that Allen will. I don't think there's any reason for Allen to play through his injuries at this point in the year. Rashid Shahid, he's coming off a massive game, 70 yards and a touchdown. Now he's getting the Buccaneers, so another good matchup. And that feeds into the Derek Carr situation that we talked about earlier. The Saints should be able to move the ball through the air on Tampa and Shahid. He's a risky big play threat. You need him to hit one of those long shots, but he is certainly an upside flex. And then there's lots of guys that you could consider depending on what happens with the injuries in their offenses this week. So if there's an injured starter out on their teams, guys like Greg Dorsch on the Cardinals, if Marquise Brown is out, he has a lot of value. KJ Osborne on the Vikings. We talked about Addison and Hawkinson potentially missing this week. Marvin Mims on the Broncos. That's another one where if Cortland Sutton can't clear concussion protocol, Marvin Mims has more value. Darnell Mooney on the Bears. If DJ Moore's limited or if DJ Moore can't go, then Mooney steps up into that number one role. So they would all be flex plays if those injuries keep those other guys out on their offenses. And there's a few guys that aren't far off that range and they could be a little bit more risky though. I'll let you check those names out in the article. If you need to go that deep, you can go to the article and find them there. I'm guessing most people aren't going to have to go that deep for Fantasy Championship Week. As for tight ends, so we're going back to Tucker Craft here as the top pickup, and I don't understand why he's only 19% rostered. I've talked about him for a few weeks. He was the main image on the waiver wire article last week, and he's been just on an absolute heater here. He's got stat lines of 4 for 64, 4 for 57 and 1, and 4 for 60 over the last three weeks. Matt LaFleur is just gushing about him. Fantasy managers should be very excited here. I don't think that Luke Musgrave is going to take this job completely back once he's healthy, at least not this year. I think Musgrave coming off a lacerated kidney, there's no reason to rush him back into the lineup when Kraft is playing this well. So Kraft is the guy in Green Bay at the moment, and he's a borderline top 12 fantasy tight end. I also like Chigakonko on the Titans this week. Another guy who's been producing lately, 45 yards or more in five of his last six games, just had his best outing of the season at six for 63 and a touchdown. And the Texans, they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends this year. So Okonko is in play as a streamer. And if you're just looking for like a steady guy, you know, not flashy numbers, but locked in production from that spot, Gerald Everett might be your man. He's got between 39 and 44 receiving yards in five straight games, at least five receptions in each of his last three. I don't mind him as a streamer, especially if Keenan Allen remains out. And then we'll watch to see if Hunter Henry can practice this week and if he can get out there. Not a volume guy, but he's been the touchdown threat for New England this year. So Henry would be a streamer if he's active. If he's not, 
not out there, then Mike Gusecki would be a deep streamer. And it's kind of the same thing you're looking for. He stood in for Henry this week. Guess what? He caught a touchdown in that game, right? So Gusecki would take over that role again if Henry can't play. And then for defenses, I've said this a lot recently, but with all the backup quarterbacks playing, with some quarterbacks just outright struggling, the shelves are stocked right now for fantasy defenses. So this week, I put seven options in the column that you could pick up. They're all under 50% rostered, and I'll just go through them quick here. So the Rams are going to get the Giants, and it's going to be either Tommy DeVito or Tyrod Taylor. Brian Dable wouldn't name a starter going into next week, but either way, the Rams defense is a good option. The Jags, they're going to get the Panthers offense, and yes, Carolina, they had a better day against the Packers this week, but they're still one of the best matchups for fantasy defenses, so not scared to go with the Jags there. The Seahawks, they're going to face the Steelers and Mason Rudolph, and I'll take my chances on Rudolph turning back into a pumpkin in that game. Uh, The Texans, they're at home versus the Titans. The Bears, they're at home versus the Falcons. The Colts, they're at home versus the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell. Even the Falcons going against Chicago on the road, it's still a possibility. You could play them in your lineup. So there's just lots to choose from, and I'll spend some more time on it today when I'm getting the early edition of my rankings ready to get published, and you'll be able to see exactly where I have all those guys ranked before you set your waiver bids tonight. But like I said, there are just so many options to choose from this week. You don't have to concern yourself too much about it. You can grab one of them, throw them in your lineup and hope for the best. But that is all for today's show. So be on the lookout for those rankings. They'll go up late Tuesday afternoon or early evening. And then I'll be back on Wednesday. I'll help get you ready for the finals so we can finish things off right here. But until then, big thanks for following me on Twitter at Justin Boone. Big thanks for listening to every episode and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me